you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Damashek here in Indy for the Combine. Make sure you check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Ike Taylor, Maurice Jones, Drew, Rand Getlin, and I are breaking down what's going on here and in free agency. Check it out on iTunes or NFL.com slash podcasts. The Around the NFL Podcast received a first-round grade from Mike Mayock. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Some ailing heroes on the over on the kissing cousin side. <laughs> Uh, double Bronco, I call it. Uh, if you were calling a say, here, jeez. I here. am. Uh, by the way, for the listeners that don't know, the Kissing Cousins Corner is a reference to Mark Sessler and, and Chris Wesseling, who both have made out with Kirk Cousins. Nice footnote, uh, Greg. Yes, both Wes and Mark, I believe, have bronchitis. Is that correct? No, I'm I'm on the uh, <clears throat> the up and up, but I will tell you, I am. I've been studying the happenings of last week closely. <laughs> Yes. And I am pretty convinced that I was poisoned by somebody. Whoa. <laughs> a rival. Do you have a rival? I think I do now. Yeah, we'll have to piece that together. So you're saying someone from another media entity that was in Indianapolis. I didn't say another media entity. Oh, a general rival. No, I don't know. It could be from this media. He's I don't know. Someone was inside. like, I'm going to take this guy out of the equation. Someone inside this building potentially? I don't know. I'm, I have started to get closer to it. It's like that German governor. That remember that guy was poisoned. You're casting an awfully wide net here. Well, yeah. I you feel seeing, it though. I trust my instincts. Is it Michael Fabiano? Yeah, it's a little weird. You're just throwing that out there. That you think why would Fabiano even want to do that? I didn't just throw it out there. I didn't say a word about it last week. I've slowly let this boil. I'm doing my research now. I'm ready to give you the first. That's the first part of it. I've not gotten to the second part. This is fitting. Spotlight um, won the Oscar. <laughs> last night for best picture and now you're your own personal spotlight brigade trying to figure out who's poisoning who is poisoning mark sessler sounds like a great dateline with keith morrison 
This is the Monday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored by no one. And uh, if you're out there, let me just give you some, you know, specs. Over 20 million downloads, uh, a, a nice mix of news, football news, mirth, and, uh, you know, general sense of communication and bonding between the, the audience and the uh, talent in the old studio. Undeniable chemistry. And don't forget the high-octane analysis. Uh, yes, the analysis. Above all, especially when you have the mailman here. And Wes came in to work. He's working from home trying to kick this. He's got a big trip to Tybee Island coming up, uh, Wes. And you need to get healthy because literally there's a good chance you do not survive. You come home in a box, bro, if you don't get healthy before you get to Tybee Island. Because I know what happens when you get there. I uh, I am on several different medications trying to kick this bronchitis before I hit Tybee Island. Should have stayed home. Mm. I'm, I don't know. I feel physically exhausted, but mentally agile. Mm. <laughs> I like that. So, Wes here, physically <laughs> exhausted, mentally agile. Uh, Mark de- denying that he's sick, but uh, as he hacks into his uh, – his mic, a very gross scene over there, Greg. And I'm happy that you're healthy. Yeah, we're as, healthy. As am I. We're feeling good. Yeah, that's for now. Kiss of death, exactly. Maybe we're we'll be poisoned. Who knows? Uh, today's show is uh, this. I call this one meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes show here in the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, we're gonna hit a lot of news. Let, the last time we were with you, we were at the uh, 30 yard line on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium, the hallowed grounds, uh, where we did kind of our combine uh, on the scene recap podcast we had the satellite heroes involved everybody had a great time uh but now since that happened there's been a lot of news like uh, kicking around in the nfl's free agency approaches uh it's uh, like a week away now isn't it greg it is what nine days away hubba, it starts hubba. next wednesday and we'll be uh we'll be appearing if you guys listening uh want to watch you guys should watch free agency frenzy on nfl network we're going to be appearing as a group three times next week mm. during all the madness so we'll let you know more info on that excellent and then uh, so that's the meat we're gonna do a lot of news but data's uh is going to be lance zierlein who is a nfl.com draft analyst uh we're gonna have him on for the first time uh, i had a chance to get uh some dinner drinks with lance last year at the combine nice bro uh Greg, you speak highly of him as well, I believe. Yeah, I've known him for 10 years or so. He does a radio show in Houston. So we, we are the first to admit, Mark, that we are not uh, draft Knicks. Uh, so we, we reach out to talent around us to help guide us through the actual Combine weekend and everything that played out from Friday until uh, Monday and what to make of it all as the draft approaches as well, Mark. Yeah, I think it's also a message to any other so-called draft Nick inside the house that didn't have time to meet with us. We're going to go to Lance. <laughs> we're going to spread our net. If you don't have time to be on our show, then we're going to find someone who does. And though, though his name will not be called yet, Spice Rack better be prepared the next time we get him on the line. Your uh, desert consigliere in matters of uh, draft analysis. I think he knows Less. he needs to up, it, up his game a little bit. Okay. So now we have a lot to get to. And to do that, we start with Sydney. And, yes, this is Sydney's final week with the Around the NFL podcast, at least for now. Uh, she has to go away for a little while, not to prison. It's the uh, the labor rules here at NFL Media. It's really not something we, we care to get into, but she has to go away for a while. But we got three more shows. Said. Right. You went right to prison there. I'm not sure <laughs> why I deserve that, but 
Well, I, I thought usually it's an, when someone's going away for a while, that's a nice way of saying that you're going to the can. Oh. <laughs> big house. Yeah. Unless yeah. you seek temporary employment in the state of California. Sydney, you would be ranked <laughs> number one on my list of people least likely to go to prison. Oh, thanks. Ever. Where would Mark rank on Feeling good about that. You'd be pretty high up there. I'd pick a child. <laughs> hey, Sydney. Yeah, we'll talk, we're going to talk all through the week uh, about Sydney's uh, last week. But for now, let's do some news. Good thing. Brady's going to play till he's 70. Belichick's going to coach till he's 90. Maybe I hit the fountain of youth sometime in the next month and play another 10 years. I hope Peyton said that 10 years ago. <laughs> because it's time, Peyton. And there was a report that floated out there uh, this weekend from Woody Page of the Denver Post. This is also something that uh, Ian Rappaport had kind of been kicking around himself, uh, but it did k- get some traction with Woody Page that Manning will, quote, acknowledge his decision to retire by the end of the week. Uh, Rappaport reported uh, back on February 1 that Manning told close friends that he expected to retire during the offseason. Uh, however, Manning has not told anyone in the Broncos organization about his plans to retire. Uh, Rappaport reported on Saturday. So it's all still pretty murky. It all seems like it's heading in a certain direction. Uh, but we should, Greg, have word by Friday, right? It's got to be coming very soon now. You would expect it. And it makes sense because he had multiple conversations with John Elway last week. It's like, what are they talking about? They're exactly. talking about the plan of how they're going to roll out this retirement or wh- whatever it is. I mean, what else could they possibly be chatting about? There's been some back and forth and the Denver Post actually revised the Woody Page article. The, the reality is it's just a matter of time. It has to be, I would think, at the latest a week from today, Monday. But you would think it's going to be by the end of the week. So we're getting our Peyton Manning retirement content ready. It's not too early. We've had it ready for three months. Yeah, that's we? true. We had a few things ready. <laughs> I mean, Woody Page, that's the guy with the Etch-A-Sketch behind him. He's, bringing, point, right? he's yeah. breaking news now, huh? Okay. I mean, they, and they, obviously something was said between, the, between Elway and Manning, too, because the, the ridiculous delay to talk to Brock Osweiler and begin negotiations with him, well, that ended the minute the combine started. And they got together, and I, not that that wouldn't have happened anyways, but you're already planning, if you're the Broncos, for life without Peyton Manning. Even if Manning said, I'm not retiring, he's not playing in Denver. So it's going to be a weird drama if he ever stuck around. He's not going to. He's gone. I have a Sessler. Uh-oh. Peyton Manning announces his retirement on Wednesday. Press conference Thursday. No. Announces it tomorrow. Tuesday, that would be. Tuesday. Press conference Wednesday. Okay. 48 hours of mourning slash celebration. Friday, Brock Eisweiler contract announced by the Broncos. Mm, it's perfect time. Everything will be done by the end of the week. They'll give the respectful two days uh, for everyone to shower Peyton with praise, and then Denver moves on. I like it. Makes a lot of sense to me. Von Miller, we'll see if he gets the franchise tag. He might by the time you hear this. The deadline is Tuesday at 4 p.m., Eastern, but this is all working out well for Brock Osweiler. I think we, we in this room said, well, they've seen him for four years. They should know how they value him. I think they're going to value him with a big-time deal. I mean, he's not going to make Peyton Manning money quite, but it probably will be a little closer than you'd expect. Like Alex Smith money? Nick Foles money? Alex Smith or more money. Yeah, I think he's going to get it'll wow. be, it'll be Alex so- Smith gets paid. Yeah, it'll be something I think that's maybe the first two years are guaranteed and that's it. And then you figure out. You figure like it Andy out Dalton money. Yeah, a little bit. 
Moving on to more quarterback talk, shortly after we taped our podcast on Thursday, a report from NFL Media's Rand Gatlin surfaced that Kaepernick's agents have, Colin Kaepernick's agents have requested a trade from the San Francisco 49ers. Um, so, uh, all of a sudden, Kaepernick, this was after Greg um, had your big moment in the sun uh, during the press conferences where Trent Baalke said, listen, he, we fully expect him to be on our roster uh, after April 1st where all that money's due. Uh, now, Rand Gatlin's report comes out and it, I guess throws a little bit of haziness over the whole thing. Absolutely. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported that the Texans and the Cleveland Browns, Mark, could both have some interest if that were to be the case. So uh, I call it murky. Mark, what's your thoughts? I'm going to give you a little trade offer. A fourth-round draft pick. For Colin Kaepernick, do you take him? I don't. Cleveland's got the number two pick in the draft. You can you can go get someone fresh. I, I don't understand the the big draw to Colin Kaepernick. I, I although the only th- reason that I think that there's credence beyond just agents spouting stuff off to certain people is that really basically Colin Kaepernick has been a fascination of Hugh Jackson dating back to when they wanted to draft him in Oakland. Hugh Jackson has sung his praises quite distinctly. So there may be something there, but I find at this stage in Ka- Kaepernick's career, that's kind of a tough sell. And I, I guess you got to have a lot of confidence if you're a coach that you think you can turn his career around. I'd like to see him with the Rams. Mm. I know that we always say teams don't trade within the division, but it happens once in a while. I don't know. To me, that's the most obvious choice of a team desperately in need of a quarterback. And- if you were the Niners, you could trade him to the Rams and not have any fear of him becoming 2012 Kaepernick again. Come on. Is it Jeff Fisher is going to be the guy that turns the key? On I'm Colin saying Kaepernick? if you want to bury Colin Kaepernick, send him to uh, L.A. The, the whole story is strange. And if I'm a 49ers fan watching all this, I'm think they're the big losers in this because you change coaches. You have Chip Kelly. Okay, now we want Colin Kaepernick back. And yet, I now have the feeling, again, this is a circus. I mean, they were telling the media, Chip Kelly, Trent Baalke, we want Kaepernick, he's our guy. A day before the agent tells, you know, when we find out that he's requested a trade, that his agent's requested a trade, didn't they know? I mean, they must have known that at the time that they're going public. You're only guessing, but were they playing some sort of game where they're making it look like they really wanted Colin Kaepernick because that's the only way they could possibly trade him and have any leverage and have the rest of the NFL feel like they're not just going to cut this guy because what are they going to get for Colin Kaepernick? I've I've tried to figure this out, and I would think what you said, Dan, fourth-round pick. To me, that's like a best-case scenario. I, I don't know if they're going to do any better yeah. than that. And I know money is involved, and his contract maybe is, is built in a, a friendly manner for teams. But um, don't we always say just get as many good quarterbacks as you can or, or the most talent you can and see which one shakes out? Yeah, as long as he's Why not going you? to be a disturbance, though. If he th- if he if you bring in Kaepernick and he's if he's part of who he wants to be traded to, he has an okay or a say in that, and then he goes somewhere and then they draft someone and Kaepernick's shoved into the background again, I don't know but, if that's the guy you I, want sitting on the this? bench. How about this? How about the idea? We'll go back to the Browns again since one of the teams Ian laid out. Like, 
What if you give up a fourth-round pick, which is not a high-value draft pick? You get Kaepernick. You can go get your guy, whoever you want. With the oh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they would prevent them from taking You don't have to. Like, this thing now that you always have to start a, a top-five quarterback or whatever, first-round quarterback right away, see what Kaepernick can do. Maybe you'll end up with a good problem. Well, I guess it's, it's March. Ryan Fitzpatrick to do what he did with the Jets. That's fair, but I guess it's March, so any quarterback who's available is going to be vastly overrated. And, Greg, you and I heard different things from Trent Baalke last week. I heard I've got Blaine Gabbard on the same level as Colin Kaepernick, and we're going to look outside the organization for more help. That did not sound at any point to me like Colin Kaepernick was going to be the quarterback for the 49ers. Well, Kelly, we know, wants Kaepernick, or we think he wants Kaepernick. Ian has reported steadfastly that, even after the trade request, that the 49ers truly do want Kaepernick and see him as their potential starter. Or that's, they're trying to keep a semblance of trade value. That That's possible. But the weirdest thing about this is for all this to happen, Kaepernick and his representatives need permission from the 49ers to seek a trade. And there was a hint from sort of from Jed York when he talked about it that the agents haven't even necessarily – they hadn't even talked – no one was talking. This is all through the media, and it's all smoke and mirrors and strange things going on. And I, I think the 49ers have been one of the worst-run franchises in the league since since the middle or the, the last Jim Harbaugh year. And this just makes me think it's, it's keep going. Uh, in other 49ers news, Anthony Davis, the right tackle, who abruptly uh, stepped away for, from the game uh, last June, uh, he will be coming back to the 49ers, according to Rand Gatlin, uh, he plans to apply for reinstatement uh, to the league. Uh, he was a right tackle for the Niners last year, a starter. So I don't know how good Anthony Davis is. I guess uh, you know he's okay, uh, but he would probably present an upgrade at least to depth, and maybe steps back into the starting lineup. Major upgrade. They had the worst side of the worst right side of the offensive line in the league last year. Uh, in other news, let's talk uh, a little franchise pop. Franchise tag pop. We'll start with my team, the New York Jets. Muhammad Wilkerson, uh, Kim Jones of NFL Media reported on Monday that the Jets will uh, put the franchise tag on Wilkerson by Tuesday's 4 p.m. Eastern deadline. Uh, that um, most likely ensures Wilkerson's back, although there's always the opportunity against the Jets. And I've seen this floated around in some places that they could do a tag and trade type situation with Wilkerson. But to me, that doesn't make sense. The Jets have a veteran roster. They're built to make a run now. Uh, trading away your best defensive player or best defensive lineman doesn't seem to be uh, a great move toward that goal. So uh, we'll see if the Jets can get a long-term done with Wilkerson. If not, and they don't trade him, he'll play under a $15.7 million salary. So a nice raise for him. I know he's probably going to sit out camp. He's got a broken leg anyway, uh, or he's recovering from, from surgery. Uh, but uh, I don't think he's going to be happy about this, just like he wasn't happy last spring waiting to get a deal, but we'll track this situation. Number three on the top 99 NFL.com free agency list. Take him off now. We'll we'll have a nice, fresh post-tag edition of the top 99 on Tuesday up. We'll talk about it. Get rid of all these guys. Moe's not free anymore. I think I could be happy with $15.7 million for a year. Could be very happy. I know, and this it's, it's a weird thing. The Jets are in a win-now mode. I think I think they should be because they have a lot of talent on the roster right now. Even though the quarterback situation is weird, it's a win. It's 
Let's win right now. They're not. They're not. No, they're not trading Mo Wilkerson. Yeah, for draft let's picks. win some games. Uh, in other franchise news, Rap Sheet reports that the Bills expect a franchise left tackle Cordy Glenn. That's thirteen and a half million. Nice scratch if you can get it. Uh, they don't have a lot of uh, salary cap room right now, the Bills, but they're not going to let a left tackle out the door. Uh, the one deal that's done, the Ravens have put the franchise tag on kicker Justin Tucker, $4.5 to kick balls. Another deal four that's done, Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey, very good call, Wes. The Bears, that would, was reported last week that it was happening and it is now official. And finally, Rams cornerback Jermaine Johnson, rap sheet said it, uh, St. Louis, or excuse me, Los Angeles, is leaning toward uh, using the tag on Johnson, uh, which puts uh, Janoris uh, Jenkins' um, future uh, with the Rams up in the air. He'll make a lot of money, but maybe not with L.A. Janoris Jenkins was not too thrilled about this state of affairs no. that Tremaine Johnson is getting the tag and Jenkins isn't getting a long-term deal. Uh, Jenkins, who has a very interesting Twitter handle. What is it? Mr. Pick 6 S. Like slash clamps. That's terrible. S is short for like a poop curse word. Yes. Well, I think all season it was clamp season or something like that. He changed the name. It was something like clamp season. Clamp. Get, I don't know. There was stuff about getting your money. I don't think he I like be, it. He can't be Mr. Pick six. If Matt Schaub's already got that Twitter handle. Oh, Wes. it's oh. a little bit of a red flag for a guy who had a lot of red flags coming out of college. And for the most part has exceeded uh, expectations that the Rams are taking the less flashy option of the two and just saying so long to Janoris Jenkins. Because Janoris Jenkins might not be happy about this, but he's probably going to make a lot of money as a free agent on the open market. It's not a bit bad deal for him. Well, he's more than just exceeded it. I mean, he, what was written about him before he was drafted Yeah, characterized him as one of the lowest-ranking human beings on the planet. <laughs> and you haven't heard a word from the guy since he, since he joined the team. I mean, he, he has not done anything off the field. And it's a bad team planning when you have to go try to sign two starting cornerbacks in one offseason. Not easy to do. Well, you could say they drafted well four years ago. Well, they did draft well. He's the next D'Angelo Hall. Do you want that? Meanwhile. By the way, with Alshon Jeffrey not not on the list. A lot to get to today, Greg. Now now that Alshon Jeffrey's not a free agent, (laughs) it's the worst free agent class of all time, these wide receivers. Now that he's not going out there. Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. Ahmed Sanu, give me $100 million. wide receiver. Forget it. Meanwhile. I don't mean to rush you, Greg. You have great insights. You're talking of time. Well, we got plenty of time. I got a, I got an internal clock in my head. You've got one out there. I know we're in good shape. I can feel the show and how it's doing. I can okay. just feel it. You're doing great, Greg. Uh, meanwhile, on the throne of ease. Here they come, Mark. Fluttering in. Angels. So many of them. Cherubs. Little boys. Harps. Tom Brady, you know, he said back in October he wants to play another 10 years. Who knows? It could happen. I'll kill myself if it does, and he's still effective. On Monday... The that could be a good sandwich bet. If I kill myself? Yeah, well, like, if he, lo- yeah. if he plays 10 more years, you kill yourself. At a high level, like, he would, not, have to post, a he would have to post a passer rating over 90 <laughs> over the average of those 10 years, and then I will jump off a bridge. Okay. I'll jump off the George will. Washington yeah. Bridge. Uh, the mid-span between New York and if he and New York. does retire, you know, you get a sandwich. So that's yeah. big. The Patriots on Monday reached an agreement on a two-year contract extension with Brady, keeping him under contract uh, through the 2019 season. Uh, at at which time he will be? That was a report from Bert Breer, by the way. Uh, let's see, he's turning 39 this year. Let's. 
2016. How's your math? 2017 would mean he's a 40-year-old <laughs> quarterback. 2018 would mean he's a 41. 45 on a state-mandated map test. 42. 39. 42 years old by the end of this contract. Uh, yeah, maybe he'll beat the odds. But uh, uh, yes, this is a. This, what Mark, you break it down for us a little bit. The money, money end of it is another team-friendly deal uh, for the Patriots to keep the best quarterback. Well, I mean, the last I checked, did we? I don't think we had the financials on it, but they. I would assume it is because everything Brady does helps their cap, eases any sort of cap hit, and what a guy. basically allows the team to chase more Super Bowls. Now, we don't know if that's how this is going to work out, but what? It's a $15 million cap hit for this year and 16 next year? That's, that's remarkable for what Tom Brady brings. And then so the next well, two that's fairly years, low we'll to begin with. So that makes well, me, that's what I'm saying. That makes me think that maybe they're giving them some more guaranteed money in the short term and maybe it's lowering it a little bit. But you're right. It's this he has a lower cap figure right now than Colin Kaepernick, who is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league last year. He has a lower cap hit uh by a good margin than than Alex Smith. It's crazy. He's worth twenty five or thirty million a year. Well, I think he's worth fifty to seventy if there's no salary cap. The the under they're vastly underpaid. I mean, it's great for the fans. It's great for teams. But imagine imagine what a quarterback would be worth in the open market. Just a lit, a true open market. What quarterback? This quarterback? Tom Brady five years ago. Oh, you would say it. it'd be worth fifty to seventy million bucks a year, wouldn't he? Yes, he would be a yes. fascinating guy actually if. Let's say there was no salary cap and he was a free agent. Like baseball? I mean, yeah. That's what would you? But what would you give? And I know, once again, nobody thinks Tom Brady will ever get old. But what would you give 39-year-old Tom Brady in, in the open market? Could he get a, like, A-Rod-type deal? Or would his age scare off teams? I don't know. It's not going to be good forever, guys. Hate to break the news to you. Dan, I will continue to carry the water for the Patriots up and down the hill because I respect the organization. But I'm beginning to uh, start seeing things your ways when it comes to their fans. Mm. We've had multiple fans request to stop with the uh, throne of ease charade because they think that the Patriots have had it pretty hard. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to slap all of them. (laughs) I do get a lot of tweets like, Dan, throne of ease and throne of sleaze, that was kind of funny at first, but now it just feels petty. It's like... Bro, it was always petty. <laughs> uh, all right, so yeah, Brady's got that deal locked in. You're happy, Greg, and and we don't know the details exactly, but I'm sure it works out for both sides. Ha ha ha! Glory be to Jesus, Brady. Well, the annoying the annoying Patriot fan angle today is well, okay, now they should trade Garoppolo for a first round pick. Why? A, I don't know if you could do that. B, nothing's changed about Garoppolo. This this contract doesn't mean anything. It, Brady's year to year, and what's our first round pick going to do for a team? And it's that's great to have be, a great backup, a promising backup. They're yeah, already going to be the favorites for the Super Bowl yeah. next year. They don't need a first. It's more value for them than anyone. And else. I get why he would be worth a first round pick because when Brady was suspended those four games, Garoppolo played out of his mind. Oh wait, Jimmy Garoppolo's never played a meaningful <laughs> snap in the NFL. Of course, he's worth a first round pick. That's well, you know that's what happens every time this time of year. It's like every great free agent. It gets connected to New England. Every trade is some monster trade that makes New England the even same better. thing. Yeah, but why? With the it Yankees. doesn't make sense for either you side. You are the Yankees. That's what I'm saying. Greg. Why would another team give up a first round pick for Garoppolo? But why would the Patriots trade their Tom Brady insurance in a Super Bowl window right. for a first round? They pick? just invested two years of training this guy. They've got to feel pretty good hmm. about him. Like they they use the second round pick. That's only moving up one round. Uh, it'd be crazy. I love I love having old Jimmy G on the sidelines. I bet you do. 
Let's keep talking old quarterbacks. Uh, Tony Romo, he's in his mid-30s now. I believe he'll be 36 this season. And uh, Desmond Purnell, NFL Media's uh, Texas uh, reporter, Texas-based reporter, said Saturday that uh, Romo is, quote, leaning toward getting a plate inserted to reinforce his collarbone, but he won't make a decision until uh, after a scan. And, you know, we'll see what happens with this. We'll see if it actually does go down. But I just want to throw in, a, you know, a comment here that this feels like a, Tony Romo's in a dangerous situation here when I hear about metal plates being inserted in. Is this guy one more broken clavicle away from his career being in danger? It sounds like a situation where the Cowboys have every right to be very concerned that Romo may be a liability, a high liability for the rest of his career and maybe is one more hit away from it being over. They got to have so they have somebody lined up that they could believe in. Why didn't he have the surgery two months ago when he was leaning toward having a plate inserted in his collar? Why did he come Great back question. in the first place? Well, I had to. There was there was medical reasons. I, I I'm not an expert, but it was something about everything had to recover to a certain point until you could decide what to do, which was not have a surgery at all, get the plate removed, or like shave off part of the bone on your collarbone. Which sounds terrible, but people have tried that. But your point is well said. Dan, since week 13 of 2013, he's had back surgery and three broken collarbones. Two two broken collar I think three broken collarbones ended Charles Rogers' career, if I'm not mistaken. There's no reason to assume he's ever going to be healthy for a full season again. It'd be great if he was. Charles Rogers, the Lions wide receiver? Yeah. I don't think that's what ended his career. Well, a lot of them. Like the fact help. that he was terrible and couldn't stay out of jail ended his career. It all feels a little foreboding uh, with Tony. What? More and more convinced. Remember, the Cowboys coached Carson Wentz at the Senior Bowl and loved him. They raved about him. And so if he ever fell to number to the, where they are at number four, I could see them drafting a quarterback. Uh, it sounds like a draft sandwich prop coming up from Mark Sessler. I don't think he's going to get to weeks. number four. Not the way this whole thing seems to be going. But if, ever, if that all changed, I think they Titans would Titans are trying it. to get out of that pick, that number one pick. You a little nervous about that? Listen. Cleveland has drafted like 26 quarterbacks. I'm not about nervous your, about anything. Are you about to have a Chris Rose moment? I'm not nervous about anything. <laughs> <laughs> what Chris Rose said on NFL Network isn't even one-eighth what we've said on this show about the Browns, so I feel for him getting lashed for that. Yeah. Um, who was he referring to? Might as well just, for those that don't know who we're talking about. He was talking about Carson Wentz. Yeah, it was Wentz. Wentz. Yeah. Uh, he was heard off mic or off camera saying that the next – Former, former Cleveland Browns quarterback. He is a Browns fan, so he is a la- – it's like when you talk about your own brother. You can say whatever you want. You know, you just should right. have said it on camera. Uh, it's just a joke. But you're right. I think people people won't be surprised at all if the top two quarterbacks are gone by number four. I think yeah. teams, teams are going to think that maybe they have to trade up to three in San Diego to get ahead of Dallas to take a cor- one of those two quarterbacks. Yummy. Uh, in other sandwich prop news, Mark Sessler, the Baltimore Ravens are in discussions – with Trent Richardson, the uh, former Browns washout running back, uh, went up to the Colts, bombed there, uh, went to the Raiders, didn't work out there. We have a standing sandwich prop bet uh, that – not a bet, we don't bet here – a sandwich uh, prop that uh, if Richardson never plays another snap, um, I no, don't owe you a sandwich. If he does play another s- snap – in a regular season game, I should say, I owe you two sandwiches. I have no fear of Trent Richardson. But how uh, do you even know when this bet ends, this sandwich prop? It, 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 goes, it goes on, on in for perpetuity. life. I, but, Dan, this was one of Dan's great prognostations because 
It, it was correct, number one. Whatever Is that even Prognostication. a word? Prognostications. Yeah. It was... <laughs> Almost analytical. You were right, number one. Yeah. And I... I'm with you. I am not going to sit around wondering if Trent Richardson <laughs> is going to make this team or any team. He's shown no ability, number one, with months warning to show up to camp even in shape. There's a complete lack of desire to play last we checked, so let's see if that changes. So you're done rooting for Trent Richardson, in other, in other words. You I'm not rooting for Trent Richardson. I'm not waiting seven months to find out if I get a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> we, this is one of those Sessler days, by the way. Dark, dark Sessler? A little dark. The earbuds what? are in at the at the desk. He's kind of over everything. Well, I'm getting over a so, sickness. You know, I was like, I'm just going to get listen, here and do my job. The, word, the words nothing matters has, has been It said did come Mark, out today. Mark did not get to drink a single beer at the Combine, and somebody's going to pay for that. Thank you. That's true. It needs, at some point, the everything needs it was to like, balance out. It was like mid-era Minsk, Russia. Just go to work, pound your hammer, go home, and go to sleep. <laughs> the candle burn out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? what? Mid-era Minsk. I don't know. <laughs> well, late period Minsk well, yeah. doesn't make any sense. Uh, it doesn't it, even exist anymore. The landscape of which what are we even talking about? remarkably similar to 2013 New Jersey on our Super Bowl trip. <laughs> exactly. uh, in other NFC East news, the uh, Eagles are willing to listen to trade offers for DeMarco Murray. Uh, no, duh. Uh, this according to NFL media insider Ian Rappaport, who reported Friday uh, that teams league-wide are receiving the following message in Indianapolis. Murray remains unhappy in Philly. Trading the veterans uh, runner uh, should prove to be difficult, but the Eagles are listening, uh, according to sources. Wes, you're not the biggest DeMarco Murray fan uh, in his current incarnation. Is there any chance, though, with a change of scenery and running in a different offense, getting back to being more downhill-type guy, that he could still be an effective NFL running back. That's a fair statement, and I love how you put that. In his current incarnation, we don't know what his current incarnation is. The last time we saw him play, and for the last 17 games or 20 games we've seen him play, he hasn't been a shadow of what he was to open up the 2014 season. Then again, in the NFL, we never know from year to year when a guy's legs reappear, whether he's done for good. It may be worth a chance for a team to, to take a roll of dice on him, but I, we always hear that you can't trade for a player because of his contract. And then a week later, we see the trade go through as the player agrees to a much lesser deal. Mm. That's possible. He, I could see him going back to Dallas. But we also know he's more likely to be the guy we saw last year than he is to be the guy we saw in 2014. Because he's played five seasons in the NFL. In one of those seasons, he topped 217 rushing attempts. That was 392 attempts plus the playoffs in 2014. He had 497 touches that year. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't respond from that. And the Eagles are listening to trade offers. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure Peyton Manning is listening to 25 million dollar contract offers, and Mark Sessler's listening to, uh, you know, a big time trade with Sports Illustrated that's going to buy him a house on the hill and be mayor of Cincinnati. I don't or know. What now? It doesn't Not make happening. any sense. Who's going to be the mayor of Cincinnati? Mark would love to be. I think no, I would like the political power. The headphones would be in by this third day, third day in the office. Like nobody come in here. <laughs> it would, of course, they're listening to. No one's going to be offering trades for Demarco Murray. Well, if he's going to go anywhere, though, it, off his own power, it's going to be Dallas because they, as Ian pointed out over the weekend, that he's building a house there. It's what he considers his home. If he's going to accept more money, like you said, he's not going to go anywhere with his current deal. Then it's going to be Big D on a different deal. He'd have to take a monster pick. Maybe, and he deserves to after what we saw last season. I agree. Uh, and finally, 
the Indianapolis Colts did something that I was so happy to hear about. They uh, made the decision to uh, move on from veteran quarterback Matt Hasselbeck. That, according to um, Michael Silver, um, Hasselbeck is 40 years old. And when Andrew Luck was pressed. At all? Yeah, I know. He's younger than you and I, Mark. Uh, when Mark doesn't like to acknowledge that. Oh. Yeah. When Andrew Luck was injured, uh, he was pressed. Much older than Dan and I, yeah, by that's the way. True. Nonsense. On wanted to throw that out there. Um, when he was pressed into action, when <laughs> Luck went down, it was grim. Every week, the man was taking a pounding. And he still had another start left by the end of the season, and he was telling the media, I have nothing left. My body can give you no more. And all I could think of was um, uh, Duke from uh, Rocky. Uh, Tony Burton was the actor. He actually passed away last week. Apollo's trainer in, in Rocky Four when um, Drago kills Creed in the ring. And, and Duke goes, throw in the damn towel! That's how I feel about Matt Hasselbeck. Throw in the damn towel. Looks like they, <laughs> well, the Colts did. They did it. Before it was too late. I could see him potentially being a co-worker of, uh, of yours down the road. Me personally? Or? Well, I mean, any what about us? you, Mark? Sure, any of us. Well, you're going to be gone. I don't know. I'm not going to go join Sports Illustrated Cincinnati or whatever it is you had me pegged. The mayor of Cincinnati. Would never do that. <laughs> but, I mean, he has been working on his broadcasting career for, uh, for season upon season. Hey, and if, if Andrew Luck had stayed healthy when he first came back from the injury – that would have been one of the great relief pitcher quarterback seasons yeah. you'd ever want to have. A 40-year-old who came in and won four straight games and looked like he saved the season. In the end... Wasn't he, he top 10 in your QB <laughs> rankings? At some point this well, that one point. That, that was, was after only two games, and one of those games was great. <laughs> that was really crazy, though, you have to admit. I was saying his average game was better than other people's. <laughs> I'll stand by it. Hey, hey Andrew Luck is going to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league just about. They played the same amount of snaps, essentially, on the same team last year. And Matt Hasselbeck, even at the end of the year, after all that disaster that he had, had better numbers than Andrew Luck. That's a fact. So I'm, you got to give him credit for that. Oh, great career, by the way. If you could walk into the NFL and be like, I'm not going to be a top-five higher echelon Aaron Rodgers-type star, but I could have a, a Matt Hasselbeck-type career. Forget about it. Well, the other Fantastic. Thing, a little misleading because he was playing as good as like Andrew Luck, who I was convinced had like late stage polio last season. Well, but Hasselbeck played very well. He was not. Uh, he was not Andrew Luck. He was, well, Hasselbeck got hurt and he was sick solid. himself. That was the problem. He was solid he, for three or four uh, weeks. It's a doomed team, and he was he went down in the un, you know he went down with it. All right, and the only, that's the only thing Hasselbeck wants back is just that uh, that lousy Super Bowl. The also, when he said, by the way, thanks a lot of refs. That's what I'm saying. He probably also wants his back. Bad. We'll take the ball and we're going to win the game. <laughs> we're going to win the game. Yeah, that was fun. Hasselbeck's one of the few, one of the rare quarterbacks who, without ever really starting a game, another team trade for him and it turned out really well. Is he Matt Schaub was sort of like? Yeah. Is he the um, Hasselbeck that's married to the uh, no, Boxy no, brother Tim pundit? It's his brother no. Tim, the survivor yeah. chick. Yeah. That's Tim. That again, that would be Tim. She was on Survivor, wasn't she, She Elizabeth? She was, she was. It's his brother Tim, Dan. Okay, thank you, Mark. (laughs) Mark does answer the question effectively. That's what's happening in the news. All right. Now we move on to the potatoes portion of the show. Meat out of the way. Well, actually, a little meat will come up a little later in this conversation, but we'll get to that. Uh, Our next. do we have him ready, by the way, Sydney? Yeah. Okay, great. Our our guest on the line right now, and I don't know 
if he's in Indianapolis, if he's on an airplane. He's still there. He was on NFL Now just hours ago. Oh, wow. So this is, I mean, boots on the ground, NFL.com draft analyst, expert I call him, Lance Zerline. What's up, Lance? Right here in the crossfires of uh, Indianapolis Airport. So, yeah, boots <laughs> on the ground indeed as I wait to see. As I've seen um, some of the players who are headed to their gates. That's one of the things about the Combine. You go to your gates, and then you see all the players who are making their way home. Got Mark Istook is right here next to me as we get ready to have a little yeah, celebrity sighting Mark Istook. Yes, NFL from, Now. Uh, from stud. NFL Now, of course. And so, yeah, I've, you know, I'm waiting. My flight will leave in about two and a half hours. So got a little time to kill here in the airport doing a podcast. Beautiful. Get, you can grab some brews, you know, before you get going. It's been Chick-fil-A. a long week for you. Hey, I'm I'm flying back to a house full of kids, so <laughs> it's going to be a little stronger than brews. I always feel bad on the <laughs> on the plane back. There was an offensive lineman that was on my flight that was in a middle seat, at least six six three hundred. Oh, in, in coach, in coach. Who do you feel more? So these players, do, they're not flying first class oh. for the he most was, part. Thankfully, he was sitting next to Greg. Uh, yeah, who's who's got it worse, the, that guy sitting middle or the people on each side of him? Total bang job. It's a bad job all the all the way around. Derrick Henry was on my flight and got swarmed by a gaggle of middle-aged women from Alabama. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lance. That's how, easily the worst. How do we want to get into this? Um, I would like, I guess, some maybe a big picture takeaways from your time in, Indiana, in Indianapolis, and then maybe we'll hone in on a couple different guys or prospects, but some uh, big-picture thoughts about uh, your time at the Combine this year. Well, I always feel like it's very interesting because, you know, my big-picture takeaway is going to be shaped and molded by what took place on the broadcast I was involved in. Mm. You know, and that was Money Smith, and as Matt Money Smith and Bucky Brooks and Ike and MJD, me, Solomon Wilcox, Mark. So, you know, themes begin to develop when you have a common set of eyes on one thing. And it's easy to see things through one filter where I don't know what was being said on NFL Network and what Mike Mayock saw, for example. Mm. And so, you know, I, I think different narratives develop depending on who you're talking to. And if you're watching it as a, as a common group, it turns into a group narrative. Um, but what I can tell you is I think we believe, at least, that Laramie Tunsil really solidified himself as the top player in this draft. Mm. And if there's any question about Tunsil versus Bosa, at least from a physical standpoint, I, Joey Bosa didn't blow anyone away. But you know what? On tape, I didn't think he blew me away physically. It was really not a surprise to me because I didn't. I, I had him as I think the seventh uh, ranked prospect when it was you know when before the combine started, and I thought he yeah, he looked about like that for the combine. I think one of the big takeaways is Laramie Tunsil is is clearly the best tackle in this draft from a physical standpoint. The tape. He's got an advantage over, not a huge one, but he's got an advantage, advantage over um, Ronnie Stanley. And, and we, we also, you know, the themes of not a very fast draft from a wide receiver position, but they're big. We saw very fast defensive backs in the first group that we watched today. And Jalen Ramsey, who is, was expected to be a combine warrior, was exactly that. I mean, was a great combine participant in terms of his, his athleticism. And while it doesn't always matter – you know, sometimes those things can be blown out of proportion. I'm here to tell you right now that it's it's becoming kind of played out for people to act like the combine is just the quote unquote underwear Olympics because there are there there is money being made and lost. And I know you know you hear that phrase all the time, and sometimes it's overdone. But there truly are draft stock, you know, draft slots that are being that are being improved and that are being lost 
and that equals money. And that, that does happen here. I know the tape is the tape, but if you run a 4.65 like Harlan Miller from southeastern Louisiana, I don't care how good your tape is, it's harder for one person to, to stand on the table and bang the table for a guy if his number doesn't, you know, is, is going to concern a defensive backs coach. I'm just giving you a very specific example. So I do think that the combines absolutely matter. I think it's learning how to interpret where it matters the most and where it matters the least that can be a little tricky for people. Is there any concern with Bosa about in the interview room or generally like his passion and love for football? You know, we Man, kinda... are you referencing that bizarre interview with Mayock and, and Rich? I am not. I, think... I, I am even thinking of first of all the you know the the press conference he had with the reporters but also things you know you you're talking to the scouts and the teams and things come out behind right. the scenes who had a bad interview week who had a good interview week i guess you could address bosa and then if anyone else comes to mind of of guys that maybe had some red flags in terms of how they interviewed with the teams uh you know i that's the conversation that i'll have now that the combine's over to be honest with you um that's one where i once everything slows down i'm not broadcasting anymore these guys have the combine and its totality. I'll really find out more this week about how those interviews went. I can tell you that I, I know some teams have been uh, a little bit put off by Mackenzie Alexander. You know, it's one thing to, to have that swagger and have that confidence, but he was almost too over the top with some of his antics behind closed doors with that bringing in a briefcase. And I, it just turned oh, some teams no. off a little bit. Oh, yeah, he had a briefcase. <laughs> I can't so buy into that. So that, that probably wasn't. The right. Is he going to be a banker like or a football player? I mean, he may felt, felt like that was the baller move. I'm not sure that that actually was the baller move to bring a briefcase <laughs> that, in, especially when you weren't even going to work out. Um, <laughs> that reminds but, me of the uh, the Simpsons episode where Phil Hartman played their lawyer, and then he, he took off, he like left them high and dry, and then they opened up his briefcase and it was all confetti. Like, what's in there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's, you know, I guess that's one thing worth noting that I'm not sure teams were all in love with the briefcase. I mean, these are grown men <laughs> who are who are making decisions. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna fool them with a briefcase. That's not really gonna be something that makes them think, man, <laughs> isn't this it? Guys really committed to the craps. He went and got a briefcase full of notes. Is it the briefcase um, kind of over too? Are we done with the briefcase as a society? I, I mean, come on. Um, well, let me tell you, that's where he keeps his peanut butter and crackers. Briefcases with draft prospects is ever gonna work. Hey Lance, uh, so Laramie Tunsell seals like the number one guy potentially. What do you? What about number two? I know in one of your more recent mock drafts you had Jared Goff going to Cleveland. Any change of opinion after oh, what's happened this man. weekend? I don't know. I mean, I thought Carson Wentz was fine. I didn't think he was just a bang up number one all star. And now, now this is one thing I heard. I heard he had some really good interviews, and I've inter- I had an opportunity to interview him for the radio. I can tell you this. He comes off as genuine. He comes off as confident. He comes off as a face of the franchise. He really does. And I, I like to consider myself a little bit of a, a BS reader, a little bit of a poker player. And I don't get any sense that he's not going to be everything you want from a mental standpoint. You know, with a physical workout, we'll see. I mean, he's got all the physical tools and traits. But how will he do when the, the, the speed of the game you know, speeds up and the throwing windows get tighter. We'll find that out. Clearly, from a physical standpoint, I think he may be a little bit better fit than Jared Goff in a cold-weather location like Cleveland. But Jared Goff is a plug-and-play quarterback where there's no way that the Carson Wentz is just yet. But mm-hmm. if you're making decisions based on who's plug-and-play versus 
the long-term prospects, then you're, you shouldn't be a general manager. I mean, that's, that's just, you know, that's the way it, you need to build with the best possible talents you can find. So let's just say it's not a quarterback there. Let's just for a second say it's not a quarterback, which I don't think is going to be the case, but they could trade out of that spot. Um, let's say Cleveland didn't take a quarterback. Then I think they'd go with best athlete available, best player available, and I actually think that would be Miles Jack. And they do have a need on the interior interior linebacker. But Miles Jack, he, everyone just came away so impressed with his interviews. And even though he didn't work out, he wanted to. I've seen video footage of him working out as he's rehabbed and prepared. He could have worked out at the Combine. His agents told me he was dying to work out, but he just they just felt like it was in his best interest to hold off. And it probably was. But I think he really helped himself in the interviewing process. And, and I expect to see him inside the top four. Jalen Ramsey is going to have to be considered inside the top three. And I think DeForest Buckner, depending on how his interviews went, anytime you have a big man like that who can rush the passer from the interior, those guys go at premium rates. I mean, big corners who can run slash free safeties like Jalen Ramsey, um, top-notch left tackles, um, mega athletes at linebacker who are, are, are extremely versatile, and then interior rushers with size – who can get after the quarterback. These are premium, premium positions, and we just happen to have that with DeForest Buckner and Jalen Ramsey and Laramie Tunsil and Miles Jack. The question now becomes, you know, what is every team, what is their individual grade on Goff and Wentz? Because I think one thing's certain, Paxton Lynch is just not in that, in that group anymore. He's just not in that list. I still think he, the people will sleep on him a little bit, and I think his, his upside is actually fairly high. But he's just kind of fallen off during this process. Browns fans will revolt if they don't take a quarter. They will there. flip cars over and burn buildings. Not that, to the not ground, that that should be taken into consideration because Johnny Manziel was like the greatest moment in Browns franchise in, history the last you know ten years. But if Mark's prediction is that they destroy the city, I think they should, just from a civic standpoint, take a QB just for that. I also Lance, I like drama and I like uh, scandal. I like heat. Right. And uh, that's why I liked Robert Candice's uh, press conference interview uh, on Friday where, you know, he had some stuff to answer to. Of course, he had his incident where he went out that, that hotel window. And then he stands in front of the media and he throws Laramie Tunzel into the situation, invokes his name without anybody trying to <laughs> get it out of him. Uh, he made a reference to nobody wanting to, quote, take the fall. Uh, for the entire incident and how his name was the ho- he was uh, you know his name was under the hotel reservation just a lot of stuff this has got to be you know teams must be watching this interview and being like whoa what is up with this guy or do they not make too much of it well accountability certainly wasn't a strong suit I didn't think so when that came up um, however and I have to tell you NFL teams who I've spoken with are have very grave concerns about work ethic and, and personal um, not only football character, but personal character. Mm. And he backpedaled on the Tunsil thing. I thought he did a pretty good job of crawfishing out of it with, with Matt Money-Smith and Bucky Brooks when he interviewed with them, just saying, you know, it was something that all the NFL scouts knew. He just made mention of it publicly because he assumed everyone knew. So that's fine. I mean, he, in a way, he tried to crawfish out because clearly he knew. He had read. He even made mention of the fact that people said he threw – um, Laramie Tunsil under the bus, and he tried to get out from under it. But look, I like I like heat and drama too, and that's why I like Robert De Niro a little bit better than <laughs> Robert, you know, and better than 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 Candice uh, because I just I trust De Niro. Well, not so much now with some of his movie choices. It's over, but yeah. I did trust him there in the mid '90s, certainly much more than Candice <laughs> in the mid first round. So 
I still don't think I understand that he looks the part, but I just don't, you know, for me, I guess from what I've heard, the lack of plays that he made, even though he flashes, he seems like a style over substance player. I don't see enough flat. I don't see enough production. I don't know that his personal character is high enough. I, I wouldn't take him with the first 14 picks in the draft. And, I think the Raiders will be sitting there looking at him at 14 and will be very tempted if he makes it there. Yeah, I mean, any guy that says uh, tells a room full of reporters there were times I was lazy on some plays, I'm going to wait till the second or third round. Um, Lance Zierlein, you did it again. You came on the show, and uh, you hit a home run. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, he actually hasn't done it again. This was no, the this first, first time, time on the show. The show. But yeah, every, no, I'm just... sure every appearance he's ever made on a radio did, show. Did you have Lance? There it is. I did it again. The Lance, first time ever. Did you have any, uh, like, uh, Mississippi State defensive lineman? Did you have, like, a Chris Jones incident <laughs> in Indianapolis? No, I had no Chris Jones. Mo- I did have a Chris Jones moment in my room, but it was just well, that me. That makes sense. And it was some new boxers I had. <laughs> yeah. And, but it was, but, I mean, it was just me. So, unlike Chris Jones. <laughs> You know, I could recover from that, and I didn't have to fall to the ground just to kind of, you know, I first of all make I, things right. I think he handled it well, uh, as best as he could, and he still ran a pretty good time. And it, hey, I'm not, guy, we're not even going to get into it. Look it up, guys. But you know, so so Mark Istook and I were talking about this yesterday. I think it shows a desire, a love for football. I think it shows high football character that you run through that and you say, you know what, I'm committed to this forty time. I don't care what happens. I'm out there trying to get the best time I can. That's high football character in my book. That's like an ability that. to play through distraction. That's about as big a distraction as, <laughs> yeah. as you're Let me have. tell you. It was a you, huge you, distraction, Greg. Yeah, he played in the SEC. All the noise in the world, if that, if that didn't bother him, the noise from the stands and road games in the SEC and all the cowbells or keychains or whatever it is that they have there, yeah. I promise you that you know uh, non-functional underwear is not going to stop him he, what Lance is saying, you can put all that junk out of your mind when it yeah, comes time to perform. Yeah, just put that junk out of your mind and just get to work. <laughs> all right. Lance, the, uh, he is our draft uh, analyst for NFL.com. He's a radio host in Houston on Sports Talk 790. The guy's a stud. He's a pro. Thank you, Lance, for joining us, and hopefully we can talk down the road. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. There he is, Lance Zierlein. Uh, Sydney, you seemed uh, visibly uncomfortable as we come down near the end of our time together with that discussion. Just- it's fine. It's whatever. I thought it was funny, but <laughs> now Dan's making it weird. Weird, weird week. Yeah, that that is an all timer for the rest of his career. That's going to be, you know, he's going to have to achieve a lot to overtake that as the thing he's most known for. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Wes, how you doing? I thought you were going to die at one point. Speaking of death, a lot of hacking. I think you've got to go home, buddy. I have made some progress in the past few days. The drugs are working, but. Uh, hacking happens when the drugs are working. Uh, do you have um, uh, anything coming? You said you wanted to share something about your visit to Tybee Island before we go. There's a reason for my visit to Tybee. There's a charity event, and uh, it's called the Bar Olympics on Tybee, and they want me to announce uh, several of the tentpole events for this, so I'm going back to be an announcer. But uh, it's Gotta be a- right for that. Two of my good friends, one of they started uh, the best restaurant on Tybee. One of my friends, AJ, is a big Bears fan. I've referred to him in the past. His best friend, Kevin, uh, passed away from an aneurysm last year. So they had started a charity called Tybee Teen Cuisine, where they're helping out local teens, teaching them how to cook, a skill that they can get, you know, can get them through high school and college to pay for things and maybe something they'll use for the rest of their life. But uh, if anybody wants to make a donation to that, Tybee Teen Cuisine, P.O. Box 2946, 
Tybee Island, Georgia, 31328. Checks can be made out to Tybee Teen Cuisine. And, Mark, now your your, uh, charity work that you're involved with. Well, still putting that together. Um, I'm going to need another episode. Speaking of which, yeah. we need to make our charity. Oh donation. come on! That is, I put that on Greg primarily, and that the, is, I, you are I the I boss. Go down Greg. The, the we owe uh, the cities of uh, uh, Kansas City to start. I'll remember very much. Kansas we, City, Houston, and I believe somebody uh, else. Greg, we got to get on top of that. Yeah, uh, I was on top of it. The Redskins. Back when I was in charge of it. We stuck a that fork in it, uh, those teams, and they came back to make the playoffs, so we need yes. to make a charity donation. And we've stuck a fork and stick a fork in them, too. We did. That is, is the end of the road. <laughs> but we need to at least, we got to, you know, settle yes, settle our debts, if you will. Uh, Wednesday show, we'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, we will dig into that top 99 2.0. Uh, yes, uh, Greg Rosenthal. Chris Wessling, the scientist, uh, break out their updated top 99 free agents list as we uh, close in on the start of free agency. So make sure you check that out. And we will check back in with our, uh, you know, iTunes listener feedback, uh, you know, a feature we bring back every few, uh, every couple of months, see what the people are saying. The only way you can, Mark, the only way you can really uh, fail uh, as you try to grow a career in broadcasting is Mm. to, you know, fall out of touch with the people. No. So we like to read the comments on iTunes, both the good and the bad, and share them and talk about them mm. and try to have a better show from it. One of the best features that we do, and it's coming soon. What if you were never in touch? <laughs> Mark's ready to go home too. Not at all. I actually really like when occasionally Dan will send us you know, a screen capture of stuff that he's read. And I'll read it on my phone, and it's vastly entertaining, especially the negative ones, and they're not far off the mark. Usually the, there's, there's definitely at least a grain of truth to it. Yeah. Grain of salt. Anyway, that's it. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday. That's when all that stuff goes down. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Land Zero Line. Sydney, again, great work. Running Thanks, out of Sam. time here. And I'm going to roll out my, my plan to keep you with us. Um, Thanks a lot, California labor law. Yeah. Great government. Thanks a lot, shadowy league figures. Thanks, Schwarzenegger. Standing Am I right? behind the NFL rules. No? You could you could do something. On to producer number fifteen. <laughs> well, you're gonna get a repeat. I yeah, we're getting retread. We're getting yeah. we're getting a surprise back, and and we'll uh, we'll let the listeners know when he's back. Yes. Okay. Until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss. And La Seed behind the glass. Till Wednesday. Kim DJ, Kim DJ, Kim DJ, why did you fall out that window? Kim DJ, Kim DJ, Kim DJ, will your draft stock fall further? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
I'm late. I'm late. Three very important dates. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.